Hello and welcome to Money Life. This is Sucheta Dilal. This week we are going to discuss the bankruptcy law. Those of you who have watched this video blog know that we have discussed it extensively. Even last week we talked about things that were wrong with it, the number of loopholes and everything that goes wrong. Now we have a bit of good news. Earlier this month the government has indicated that it's really serious about overhauling the bankruptcy act in budget 2023 which happens in February. Now, this is just six years after the IBC, Insolvency and Bankruptcy Code, which we keep calling the bankruptcy law, was promulgated and began with great fanfare. And it did extremely well in the beginning. But within six years, everybody agrees that it's time now for a serious rethink and reworking of this law. If you ask me, a new draft law should have been accompanied by a status report and put out in the public domain just as other regulators, especially SEBI does. You need to get public feedback because that would create an opportunity for experts to point out potential loopholes, interpretation issues, unworkable clauses before it's sanctioned by parliament and stamped by the president. Instead, media reports suggest that the ministry is already working and spoken to Various stakeholders obviously has something ready. They say it's widespread consultation, but will not show us the draft law. As happens these days, it's usually the drafting is outsourced to a legal NGO rather or a consulting firm instead of going through the fine tooth comb of law ministry mandarins. Yes, the law ministry is very slow, but we know what's happened every time laws, regulations and amendments are passed in a hurry. There are changes every few months. Remember, this law itself is less than six years old. Not only is the legislation fairly new, but so many issues have gone through the three layers of NCLT, that's the National Company Law Tribunal, NCLAT, which is the Appellate Tribunal, then the Supreme Court, and there have been judgments which have now become settled law. Just as that process has been done in five or six years, we now are going to have an extensive amendment and it will start all over again. A public discussion would give a chance to highlight deliberate loopholes. Yes, it's true that vested interests will lobby to dilute stringent provisions, but so what? Unworkable provisions in any case are going to land up in court. And we know that in the past there are deliberate loopholes and vested interests work in any case to take advantage of our slow and expensive judicial process, which also always gives an advantage to those with deep pockets. Now, before today's discussion, let's look at what is needed and where the IBC stands today and what we think, or rather I think, are the fixes that are very, very important. So here's the status. Like I said before, IBC began with a bang in 2016. Some of the biggest defaulters were taken head on and we were thrilled with it. It all indicated lack of political interference. The Prime Minister's office, we were told, was monitoring this. And despite a lot of litigation, appeals, counter petitions, SR Steel, Bhushan Power and Steel, Electrost uh, Steel, Monitor Spart and others went through. And the average recovery was around 35%. Not a lot, but when you look at the ask from the banks, which included lots of interest, I think it was pretty good. Everybody was happy with the law. This was supposed to be this big action of the government. 
So what went wrong from that high point? Average recovery quickly started dwindling, was plummeted to about 20% in recent times and is embarrassingly lower in some specific quarters. For instance, the Financial Express reported in May that the recovery rate in the Jan-March 2022 period, the recent one, was as low as a pathetic 10.2%. We can't have this. These are national assets. The IBC mechanism is also beset with A delays. So there's nowhere near that 180 days or 270 days which was promised earlier. There's not enough manpower. Appointments have, be, have to be made at various levels including people who are going to hear them at the NCLT and NCLAT. Worst of all, corruption and collusion between the erstwhile management, resolution professionals and of course secured creditors who are often public sector bankers with no skin in the game. There's also the problem, big problem which I'm going to discuss later about having pushed non-banking finance companies under the IBC. This, these are the big ones, we'll come to it. Now, data released by the Insolvency and Bankruptcy Board of India under which this act operates has shown that only 47% of companies that go through the bankruptcy process or went through the bankruptcy process between December 2016 and March 2022 went into liquidation. Okay, so 47% that were admitted in these six years went into liquidation and only 14% were resolved under the act. In terms of numbers, there were 5,258 corporate bankruptcy proceedings initiated under the act of which 3,406 were closed, but of these only 480 were actually resolved and as many as 1,609 finally went in for liquidation. So there was no resolution as promised quickly under the Act. We are now at a stage where really large conglomerates, tens of thousands of crores borrowed from banks, valuable assets, they are attracting such low bids that the bids sometimes are less than half the liquidation value. And what is worse, creditors, remember banks have got all their bad loans paid by the exchequer, which is our money, public money, which should have gone for health, education, the poor, that has gone to bail out banks. So banks' books are cleaned up, recoveries add to their bottom line, they don't care, they are happy to even allow 80 to 99% haircuts as they call them write-offs and these are secured creditors okay the others unsecured ones stakeholders investors get zilch this surely can't go on now the best quote on this comes from the nclt in june 2021 when it's talking about videocon industries remember videocon industries all of us have had products large group was into oil consumer products it's Total claims or debt against Videocon was 71,433 crore. Admitted claims are 64,838 crores. There was a single bid for this group from Twinstar, which belongs to Anil Agarwal's Vedanta Group, Global Group. You know how much the bid was? 2,962 crores. Yeah, hold your breath. 99.29% haircut is what the bidder wanted the creditors to take. And they were willing to do it. So, went before the NCLT. 
the NCLG and the Supreme Court has decided that the committee of creditors knows best and they usually go along with what they say. But the NCLT observed that Twin Star was paying almost nothing for the purchase of for the purchase and operational creditors were being forced to accept what they call the tonsure or total shave rather than just a haircut. In fact, investors and financial creditors will get zilch because of secured creditors are getting 0.72%, the rest is zero and this is not the only one. There's Jet Airways, Siva Industries, over 95% and so many small unknown companies which in fact people send to us, we don't even know them, they don't make headlines, sometimes they're not even worth writing about. Just as shocking as Videocon is the case of Anil Ambani, again high-flying Anil Ambani's Reliance Capital. It has attracted bids that are 50 to 60% its liquidation value. So liquidation value is 13,000 crore, a fraction of what it owes everybody. It has eight extremely valuable subsidiaries in all kinds of businesses, all the three insurance sectors and many others. And in September 21, again, its outstanding was over a lakh after lots of sales. The consolidated debt, they said in September 2021, was 40,000 crore. But by November 2021, after having resolutely looked the other way for years together, the RBI finally acted, superseded the board, appointed an administrator and referred Reliance Capital to the IBC. We have an article, I've written about this in great detail. Those who want to read it can look it up on Money Life's website, We're putting a link below. While the issue of whether things are not smooth as yet, okay, because the bids are so low that there is a dispute now about whether to put the company into liquidation, which will probably at least fetch 13,000 crore, or should they accept bids which are as low as 4,000 to 5,200 for the entire assets? Isn't it stunning? Remember again that most of the lenders are public sector banks, which is our money. Another huge one is the Shrey Group, headquartered in Calcutta, which is allowed to run amok under the regulator Reserve Bank of India's watchful eye. Another huge mess. mess. Two main NBFCs under this group, Shrey Infrastructure Finance Limited, Shrey Equipment Finance Limited. The resolution process began in October 2021. Again, RBI finally acted, superseded the board. Top banker tells me even today there's complete lack of clarity on what is the true state of affairs. What we know is one auditor has said 5,000 crore is completely classified as fraud and admitted claims are 32,750 crore. Now, there are 17 bidders here, but the highest bid is 15,000 crore and everybody else is almost one third that. Pointless, isn't it? Now. What does this show? The IBC process is not working and it's definitely not working for NBFCs. The one which got a little more money was Divan Housing Finance, which set the ball rolling. I'm going to come to that. I told you earlier that finance companies or financial service providers were deliberately kept out of the bankruptcy legislation. This was in line with policy around the globe. So in 2008, you had a global financial crisis. And the thinking at that time was governments came out and bailed all these companies out. So the thinking was this should not happen. The government and the people at large should not pay. And the depositors, lenders and 
other stakeholders including investors should be doing the bailing out so they called it a bail in process some of you may remember the panic this had caused at that time when they talked about it so india also was going along with the world we had made some commitments and we said okay separate process for banks insurers and what they call systemically important non banking finance companies they would all go under the resolution authority all this was decided by a committee called the financial sector legislative reforms commission much of that has not been accepted or followed through so you had the frdi bill frdi made everyone shiver in 2017 it was called the financial resolution and deposit insurance bill under which all of us as depositors of bank for no fault of ours would be called in to get part of our deposits taken above our threshold and we would have to bail out these failed entities while the regulator who was sleeping has got away will continue to get away now our public our system is dominated by public sector banks remember in the last few years 12 lakh crores was or more 12 lakh crores conservatively was a kind of bad loans and the government has been bailing them out year after year large amounts of money have been pumped in this is the kind of money that under this bill could have come out of our pocket obviously it was a political hot potato so it was quietly junked even after it was introduced in parliament that's around the time big defaults were happening all over the place really mega ones so you had the giant infrastructure leasing and financial services so remember 2017 they tried to introduce fdri 2018 september i broke the ilfs first default story then you had yes bank then you had diwan housing you had punjab and maharashtra cooperative bank pmc bank most of you know the kind of pain that it caused among people then of course there's a stray group and reliance capital all others Reserve Bank of India had allowed this to fester for years as a regulator. These most of these were systemically important companies. RBI studiously looked the other way. Then it gets up, and they were talking about taking them to bankruptcy. So there was another attempt in 2019 to bring another version of the FRDI. It was going to be called the Financial Sector Development and Regulation into brackets Resolution Bill. Fortunately, I wrote about that as an exclusive story. Here's a link. fortunately that was also jumped would not have got through in india without a lot of anger then we come to what did the government do about the nbfc solution so ilfs failed elections were around the corner this was such a huge conglomerate 347 companies government didn't even know how many companies ilfs had outstanding debt was over 1 lakh crore and there was talk about a domino effect shock in the financial system something had to be done really quickly and these were not allowed under the bankruptcy law so the government had a hybrid solution they sacked the board they appointed a public interest board that was led by banker uday kota and a bunch of bureaucrats but they said that all actions of theirs would be ratified by a judge and then put through the nclt we'll discuss that later so hybrid solution for ilfs but ilfs was just the beginning of the problem you soon had diwan housing again almost 1 lakh crore outstanding debt and lots of fraud fake accounts and pmc bank which was supposed to be an extremely well run bank overnight it turned out it was complete shell looted by another branch of the vadavan family the government had to find a solution urgently so the solution was 
quick amendment gazette notification amending rules governing financial service providers this happened on 18 november 2019 can providing you a link and it basically said push nbfcs under the same resolution process ibc and bankruptcy small difference being that the regulator would have to take the step of referring this for bankruptcy so in november itself divan housing dhfl was the first nbfc got resolved it got a number of bits quickly followed by all the other problems that i have narrated about shade reliance and others now we got to amend the code right so we have to do something different and what would that different solution be so in an interview on 5th december uday kotak chairman of kotak vice chairman of kotak mahindra bank has said let's have an ilfs like solution he suggested that for large entities where the outstanding debt or admitted debt is 25000 crore and above let's appoint a public interest board rather than one resolution professional that ensures that no collusion so it merits a quick comparison it worked for ilfs so he thinks it should work for others finding so many very honest impeccable people about board with experience and knowing what to do it's a little difficult but ilfs also had a lot of help they hired a lot of expert agencies which is high costs again but it has worked and it is a model that can be an alternative because you don't want a situation like videocon where you get a pittance you don't want a reliance capital where you again get a pittance so let's look at what happened with ilfs 347 companies i told you the new board did a good job they shut sold and brought down the number of companies to 100 operational entities which continue to work and in fact some of them are profitable they collected money that was owed to this group so over 16000 crore has been paid out to cre- creditors as partial payment they expect a recovery of 60% or around 60 61000 crore out of the total admitted credit of 94000 crore which is 60% is pretty pretty good it's not an ideal solution for various reasons one is like i said the process is so slow and the big chunk of it is still tied up in litigation process is slow complicated and once it goes to nclt it has to go to appellate it has to go to the supreme court so it's going to be a long long time and ilfs is 2018 then 22 it's going to be a long time before anybody sees their money so this is not the ideal solution for the full resolution process but it's a good way to get much more value it's kotak in his interview is upbeat about the ibc process at a broad level because he says it puts creditors first and that's what is required but he agrees when i spoke to him that some tweaking is required and he suggests that a solution could be found under section 241 and 242 of the companies act these sections empower the government and the resolution professional to take some actions in the interest of the company and one process is already underway the video con case which is union of india versus videocon industry and others filed in 2021 now this is one good idea from someone who's walked the talk there will be many such ideas to fix ibc law the purpose being to maximize shareholder value through resolution because that was in the preamble of the bankruptcy code for this to happen you need to have an open discussion on issues lots of things need to be discussed threadbare whether it's voluntary bankruptcy filing filing suggested by some people 
whether you need to get in asset reconstruction companies, whether they should float junk bonds, whether you know there are how to deal with conflict of interest when creditors are also bidders, rectify the impact of a disastrous Supreme Court order which contrary to the thinking behind the IBC had put operational creditors on a better footing than financial creditors and had also allowed NCLT the discretion to decide whether to admit or reject initiation of insolvency proceedings. We had a whole article, you can check the link here on why this was like this was a huge 440 volt shock to the bankruptcy code as our author Mr. Ranganathan wrote. If you want all this cleaned up, it will happen when the government is confident enough to have an open and transparent process of public discussion rather than rush through a hurried bill as they usually do, which is full of loopholes and problems and ends up in court. If you agree, lend your voice to it. Share this video and better still, subscribe to us. Thank you.